You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hehe. Hello, villagers. I'm so excited to share episode number 32 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast with you guys today. Today I have one of my very best friends here in Boston with me. She's the owner of For the Love of Paws. She knows the ins and outs of training pets. So we are going to dissect the process of introducing your human baby to your fur baby. If you have a dog or a cat at home and you're an expectant parent, this one's for you. Danielle, I'm stoked to have you here. Welcome to the Tranquility Tribe podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. I am so excited. So people people really want this topic. This is something um, that I've actually had so many parents ask about, um, and it has actually been requested several times. So before we dive in, can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do with animals? Because you aren't going into people's homes and preparing people's pets for the birth of their baby. So what's your background in the animal world? Yeah, so basically, um, you kind of already talked about my business. I help people incorporate their pets into their weddings as well as help couples transition from that couple life to the family life. Um, So I've been supporting people with their pets for years, providing tips and tricks on how to help their fur babies acclimate to their newborn human babies. So I grew up riding horses and owning every animal under the sun, so animals really are my passion. My aunt is an amazing dog trainer in New Jersey who's really taught me everything that I know and kind of helped me get into this world of dogs and pets and dog training. I love it. That's so much fun. It's really funny because I think most people don't think about their pets while they're pregnant, and I often find that it's only at the end of their pregnancy where people remember, oh yeah, we have to prep our fur baby too. Sometimes it's like mass panic because they find out maybe they've waited too late to start this work. What's your opinion on the amount of time that you may need, um, you know, when you're starting to look at the time commitment that it goes to training your dog? Yeah, so I always tell couples that the sooner you can start preparing your fur baby, the better. Our pups are very in tune with us, so chances are your pup might know that you're pregnant before you do. So this is really the time to get rid of any wanted bad habits that your pet may have. Nine months is a super long time for you and your pet to work together. So this really allows them time to adjust to any new new thing that's coming into them. Yeah, I think that prepping is kind of the name of the game for everybody involved, right? So um, you want to be prepared for your birth experience and you and your, your partner, if Apco wants to be, um, prepared for parenthood, and I don't think that your pet is any different. They deserve the same thing, is to, to be prepared and be supported in that transition. For all of our cat lovers out there, I promise we will get to you. Um, dogs are just what I know, so that's where I decided to to start. 
So for dogs, are there things that you can do in your pregnancy to start transitioning your dogs? I always recommend to my families that they begin to set boundaries around their tummy. So maybe that looks like having to train your dog not to jump or having to set boundaries when you're um, playing with your dog. What, what is your opinion on that? I mean, I definitely agree setting boundaries is one of the first things that I tell my couples to make sure that their dog knows. Um, it's definitely a great starting point, and the last thing that you want is your belly getting hit by two giant paws every time you walk through the door, every time you go to grab a treat. I know my dog does that, and I wouldn't want my, my belly getting hit. Um, if you know that your dog is a big jumper, then it's smart to begin working on that habit and correcting it now, even before you're pregnant. This way, you're getting ahead of the game and not feeling so stressed out about trying to train your pet while also preparing your home for your newborn baby. Another big thing that I like to tell my couples is a few months before the baby arrives, I would say at least four months, start getting into a new routine as if your newborn was already home. That way your dog won't really notice these changes and associate these changes with your new baby. They'll kind of just see these changes as gradual and take this on as a new way of life. Dogs really thrive on routine and some dogs can become anxious or stressed out when their daily life is completely changed and a new baby will definitely change that. So about two to three weeks before your due date, I would say lessen the amount of play and attention that you give your dog. And this goes along with that gradual release of change, just very slow introductory. Your main goal here is to avoid your pup associating any major change or change of routine with your newborn. I always tell my couples to start playing recordings of baby sounds. So maybe a baby crying or little baby burps or baby hiccups throughout the days and even throughout the night um, a few weeks before leading up to their due, due date. This way it just gets them kind of used to the sound of a baby and they're not totally thrown off by this change. Um, I also like to say that to begin to acclimate your new pup to any new baby smells. So bring in some baby lotion or baby powder, diapers, things that you know are going to be on your baby. This way they get used to that smell. Again, you want them to be familiar with what's about to enter their home. That way the only big change is this little baby that's going to be there. It's really smart to establish boundaries and this is absolutely huge. I always recommend starting with the baby's room being an off-limit zone unless you give that okay command. Basically, your pup should never be in your newborn's room without you. It's just kind of a safety thing for me. I, I don't know if I would want my pups to be around my newborn baby or any newborn baby unless I'm there to kind of monitor because they're still dogs and they're still animals. They're unpredictable. I love all of those. It, it really is... Um... It's a process, right? So, yeah, it reminds me very much of what you would do. Um, obviously, a little bit different because one is a human and one is an animal. But it reminds me very much of what you would do with an older sibling to try and prepare um, any other tiny little human for the birth of, um, of your baby. I love it. That's awesome. So what are the steps that you recommend people take when bringing a new baby in to the home for the first time? Like the very first time you bring your baby home from the hospital, are there special things you should do or, or yeah. So basically um, what I like to tell my couples to do, it's just a little trick that I've kind of learned is 
bring home some things while you're kind of still in the hospital, you're still with your baby. So maybe the next day, bring home some hat or blanket or something that smells like your newborn. It has your newborn smell there. Allow your pup to become familiar with it. Allow your pup to smell it. This way your dog is going to associate that smell with your newborn. It gets used to that smell. It's kind of getting ready. It's for your child to come home. And it's not this totally unfamiliar thing walking through the door. Um, when physically bringing your baby home and you're getting ready to walk through the door, I always like to make sure that your dog is calm and submissive before entering. So this may look like having, you know, your partner take your dog on a walk before you come through the door or playing some soft, relaxing music, something that you know relaxes your dog because every dog is different. Um, I also like to recommend that you know your dog is going to get really excited when it sees you. It may jump, it may, it hasn't seen you for a few days, so it may bark. It's going to do things that it would do if it hasn't seen you in a few days. So if you know that your dog is going to get crazy excited, maybe give your baby to your partner and you go in first. Say hi to your dog, let your dog smell you, let your dog smell that new baby smell that's on you, give your dog some love and attention, and then have your partner bring in your baby. And that's super important that your dog is feeling loved and getting that attention while your baby is also there. That way it doesn't feel any sort of resentment or jealousy right off the bat because you want this to be a smooth transition from the get-go. Um, I also like to say that really the most important thing is making sure that your dog's not going totally crazy when it's exploring your newborn because that's exactly what it's going to want to do. It's going to want to sniff all over, see what it can do, see what this new thing is because most of the time it's it's never really seen a newborn before um, unless you've had, you know, friends with newborn babies come over and kind of acclimated your dog to newborns. You want to make sure that your dog can understand these boundaries whereas that's if you don't want your dog licking your baby's face then that's automatically a no. Um, and make sure it doesn't go too crazy with like sniffing and kind of pushing anything like that because your child's safety is number one priority. Absolutely. Safety around, I think animals is the number one reason why parents are seeking this information. Um, yeah, having boundaries is huge for, for dogs, you know, in general. So uh, what kind of boundaries do you recommend that people consider setting um, with their dog? I know for me, and this is kind of a crossover between the last question and this one, I always recommend that when you're introducing a blanket from the hospital, and for our listeners, your hospitals, if you just tell your medical staff that you have a pet at home, they will be happy to bag up, um, yeah, a hat or um, I always recommend a swaddle just because it's bigger. It can really be explored with your dog. But when doing that, set boundaries. This isn't something that you should release to your dog. You don't put it in your dog's mouth. They don't get to play with it. This is something that should be introduced in a very structured way. Um, so what kind of boundaries do you recommend people consider setting? Um, I say the same exact thing to my couples, and I talked a little bit about this earlier, um, but I always recommend making sure that the baby's room is off limits until you mm. give that okay command. I just think that that's something that's super important and ensures that your pup is not going to go in there unless you're in there. That way you don't ever have to worry that something's going to happen. Um, it's just a safety thing for me. Better to be safe than sorry. 
Um, as far as like the sniffing and playing with the baby's things, that should always be a no-go. Um, your baby's toys are your baby's toys. Those are your baby's things. They're not meant to be for your dog. And start introducing that even before your baby is here. You're going to start having little clothes and blankets and little toys for him or her. Um, so start introducing that early on. And if your dog goes to reach for a blanket or reach for a toy that is not his or hers, just set that boundary and say, nope, that's not for you and take it away. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about, you know, setting those clear expectations and uh, minimizing that transition that your dog has to go through all at once, right? It's about kind of lessening that load, if you will. So what do you have to say about dogs um, or, or what do you suggest if a dog becomes really aggressive or territorial after a baby is born? Because this does sometimes happen. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, you know, if you prepare your pet well in advance and you're really making sure that they understand that this new change is coming, those feelings of resentment or jealousy or aggression really won't won't happen. But as you said, sometimes they do. Um, and with those types of situations, unfortunately, I just recommend calling in a professional, having them kind of help set the tone with your dog, because at that point, it's it's more about a deeper issue going on. You've done everything that you possibly can. You've prepared. It's it's kind of that bigger issue of your dog not being able to move past this big change and not being able to kind of cope with the fact that there's this this new little human in your home getting more attention than he or she. Um, and it, even if that doesn't work out, it, it might be the time where sometimes that dog might not just be cut out for family life and it might just have to find a new home. Sounds like we're talking emotional intelligence, but for your dogs. So I know there are a few types of aggression that comes up after um, bringing home a baby that your dog might display. And so a couple of those are, you know, protecting the baby. So this might look like growling at visitors or people holding the baby that your dog isn't really familiar with. Your dog might be scared of your baby, although this usually happens in toddlerhood after your child is mobile. And then jealousy, which might look like your dog, you know, really acting out of character, much like an older child would. What types of signs can we look for um, to determine if your dog is feeling this way since they can't really tell you? Yeah, so even though dogs aren't able to tell us how they're feeling, they're pretty good at showing us. So if your dog is feeling jealous or as though he or she isn't receiving the attention that they feel they deserve um, or want, then they're going to be doing things that you thought, that's just not my dog. That thought's going to come into your head. Why is my dog doing this? That That's not him. Um, so things like jumping and barking, not following commands, being what I like to call pushy, so nudging you, um, kind of bumping into you chewing your belongings, chewing the baby's belongings, um, chewing things around the home like the molding on your house or wood or anything like that, and even things like going potty inside, um, and even going as far as showing aggression towards your newborn baby. So you can really have that jealousy go all the way up to aggression. Um, and all of these are signs that your dog is really seeking out your attention and, and needs that attention. Um, as far as being scared of your baby, 
So you kind of mentioned that it this comes out more in toddlerhood, which 100% these little toddlers are exploring, they're starting to crawl, they're pulling things. Um, this is where it's important to kind of set boundaries, not only with your dog, but also with your child. Teach them that pulling the tail is not okay. Um, your dog's ears and eyes and nose are off limits. Um, that way you don't really have to run into any issues of your dog kind of being pushed and being scared. Um, I mean, some signs that your dog is being scared, he'll sh he will show it any other way if he's scared of anything else likely to run away or kind of hide or cower. Um, and once again, as far as being feeling, showing aggression. So their natural instinct when they're feeling scared is to protect themselves. So this is where I tell my couples once again that it's so important to not only teach your dog how to interact with your baby, but also teaching your child how to interact with your dog. Yeah, and for the listeners out there who are thinking, holy cow, this is me, I need some professional help for my dog, there is no shame in that. I think that, um, you know, you reach a point where sometimes the the knowledge just is deeper than what you have about your dog, and it is okay to call in someone who specializes in dog training. They're not going to come in and change your dog. What they will do is they'll come in and teach you how to approach your dog, how to safely support your dog and still love on your dog, but keeping those boundaries and your children safe. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any shame for, for asking for help for your dog. So if you're sitting there... Um, if, if that's you, please reach out. We can get you connected with someone who can help you, you know, learn how to, how to have a happy family with your dog. Cesar Milan talks a lot about the energy of introducing a new baby, which is totally my jam, obviously. What are your tips for staying in control of the energy of the introduction, like watching your mannerisms and staying in control of your own emotions? Because, you know, we talked about earlier the jumping or your dog's going to be really excited or it can just be really intense. What, how do you, how do you prepare parents for that? Yeah. Um, Cesar Milan is amazing and I love him. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad that you brought him up. I was actually reading one of his articles the other day that was talking all about maintaining this positive energy between you and your dog, which I love because your dogs are going to totally follow what you're doing. If you're tense and you're feeling stressed out or anxious, your dog's going to copy that. They're going to feel that energy from you and kind of be like, well, why is, why is mom or dad stressed? Why are they feeling this way? Do I have to be on edge? Um, so one thing that Cesar Milan actually talks about a lot is main maintaining eye contact with your pet. This is something that I do every day, all day, anytime I'm talking to my dogs. I'm always looking at my dogs in the eye. It allows for me to kind of tell them that not only am I the leader of their pack, but I'm also, I'm, I am in a calm state, so they need to be in a calm state. Um, so main, maintaining eye contact is great. Another thing that I like to recommend is before introducing your newborn, take a couple deep breaths. Just think this is going to be an amazing experience. My dog's going to love my newborn. Power of the mind, I'm all about that. If you think it, it will happen. <laughs> um, so take a couple deep breaths before you walk in. And even during that introductory period, just focus on maintaining a calm, collected breath. Um, this will help to keep you calm and relaxed. And once again, as I said, if you're feeling nervous or anxious, 
your dog's going to pick up on that. Um, having a relaxed body. So try your very, very best not to tense up. Maybe if this involves doing some stretching or any sort of like shoulder, shoulder leans or anything like that. Um, this is just going to help your whole energy and mood to be mellow, which is exactly what you want for that first introduction because that's really so important. You want your dog to have a positive first introduction with your newborn. Otherwise, it, it could just be like kaput. <laughs> a disaster. I yes. think it is really important to remember that you are the leader of the pack and your dog looks to you for an example. So it just goes back to, you know, leading by leading by example. I know one of the things that gets brought up often in introducing a baby and a dog are you know, dangerous breeds, and, and shameless plug here about dangerous breeds because I am the mama of a quote-unquote dangerous breed, and there's not a child in our life that doesn't love Maximus. For me, and I've seen homes with German Shepherds, Rottweilers, Pitbulls, seamlessly introduce a baby, and then I have seen the tiniest Chihuahuas and Jack Russells who are mega ferocious, like terrifying Breeds and size are not as important as the leadership and the structure that the humans give to that pet. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I honestly completely agree with that. Um, I always like to say that the breed does not necessarily define your dog or your dog's personality. Um, I've also seen, just as you were saying, little tiny chihuahuas, little teeny tiny maltipoos that are just, they they are not happy pups. They don't want to, they only like their people. They don't really want to associate with any other dogs or especially kids. Um, so you really can't go based off of, you know, your dog. If you're out there and you have a Rottweiler or a Pitbull or an Akita or this stigmatized dangerous breed don't think oh man I'm totally done because I have this dangerous breed and my baby and my dog are never going to get along um, it's not really about that it's it's about you it's it's really all about the leadership that kind of you portray as I said so many times and I'm probably going to say till the day I die your dog is really a reflection of who you are as a trainer I love that you brought up the stigmatized uh, breeds because I feel like my whole life is just breaking down stigmas, just one section of my life at a time, including my dog. Now to shift over to cats. They are very different than dogs, um, and I, I just do not know very much about cats at all. And I was trying to learn for myself, and the internet made me feel like you needed to really support your cat's cautious attitudes, and cats take much longer to adjust to a new baby. Am, am I understanding this right? And can you talk to us a little bit about the time frame that you might be looking at for a cat? Yeah, so even though cats and dogs are very, very different, I do tell my couples virtually the same thing as far as adjustment. So the sooner, the better. Um, usually what I tell my couples is if you're even thinking about having a baby or you're trying to get pregnant, start these adjustments now. So start playing baby sounds at this point. Start transitioning by bringing in things that are baby. Um, maybe have your friends come over that have babies already and let your cat get used to having a baby in the house. Um, all these types of things are really going to help your cat 
kind of know what to expect when your baby comes home. So cats can definitely be stubborn, so establishing that baby's room as a no-go zone very early on, it's only going to help make this transition smoother. Something that's super important to mention if you're pregnant and have cats is that I really tell my couples to stay away from litter boxes or stray cats, um, especially stray cats because cats in particular eat small mammals and birds and this can give them a parasitic toxin called toxoplasmosis. This is extremely rare in indoor cats because they typically don't eat mammals or birds, however it's still possible. Um, so this parasite can be passed on to your newborn baby, um, even though you know, you're pregnant and all of those types of things. So basically this parasite is shed through cysts in the cat's feces. So if you get this parasite during pregnancy, it can have fatal effects such as stillbirth, miscarriage, or damage to the baby's brain or eyes. However, babies born with toxoplasmosis and don't show any of the obvious signs at birth, they develop symptoms usually eye damage during childhood or even adulthood. So basically what I like to tell my couples is don't play with stray cats and just have your hubby or wife clean out the litter box so that they can handle it for nine months. <laughs> I love it. Something else that continues to come up is not catching your pet off guard. So really trying to minimize that transition. I think that's something that I hope everyone kind of walks away with. So can you explain some things that might help our listeners support their cat's weariness of all the newness? Because from what I understood, no matter what you do, your cat's probably going to have a period of a little weariness. Yeah. So, um, once again, as I said, allowing your kitty to smell all things baby is so important. This is even important continuing after your baby is home. So not just before, but during that time period when you're noticing your cat is like, whoa, what is this screaming thing at night? I'm trying to explore. I'm trying to do cat things. What's this new thing? Um, allow this to kind of allow your cat to kind of smell these new things, get used to having your baby around, and make sure that you're watching and you're there to kind of supervise, as I like to say, because once again, cats are unpredictable. They're animals and you just, you always want to make sure that your baby is safe. Um, so this is really important because your cat is going to explore with or without your permission. Um, it's in their nature to be curious. It's in their nature to explore. So giving them that option to explore and smell around while you're there or before your baby is there, while your baby is there, explore your, your baby. Um, it kind of allows them to get all of those curiosities, those anxieties, those worries out of the way within the first couple weeks in a safe, controlled environment. And it makes that transition much easier. Speaking of transition, cats, just like dogs, sometimes act out um, during life transitions. So how do you support your cat but also set healthy boundaries to keep your family safe with these very determined-natured creatures? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say the same thing that I said for dogs. If you followed all the preventative steps and you're really making sure that you're reassuring your cat that you're still there for that cat. You know, you, st you still love it. You still want to give it affection. And you're still allowing your cat to kind of, I mean, cats think they rule the world. So if you're still going to let your cat think that it's ruling the world, then all should be well. Um, 
But, I mean, as I said with dogs, sometimes it really is necessary to just bring in a professional who really knows everything about cats. They know all about their mannerisms, and they know how to kind of train and curb those unhealthy habits. So these are times when, you know, your cat, there are times when your cat simply just has a hard time adjusting to family life and a new child. As I said before, not all pet pets are cut out for family life. Sometimes they need a couple or an owner that is just, their attention is going to be all about them. And that's not necessarily something that you can train or change. That's just that animal's personality. Sometimes that's a really harsh reality that, you know, what's best for your pet isn't necessarily what you would want. You would want to keep your pet, right? But sometimes it's healthier for them if if they go on to a new home that's that's better for them, better fit. So before I ask my next question, I want to say that I do recommend that people never leave their pets and children unattended as you never actually can predict how your baby or animal will act. But we all see these super cute relationships between babies and kittens and puppies on the internet. And I always grew up with a dog, and I had those wonderful relationships. And it is something that I look forward to cultivating between my pup and my future children. How would you suggest that someone go about supporting both your child and your animal simultaneously? My instinct says to treat them like siblings almost. Yeah, so your instinct is definitely correct. Um, The last thing that you want to do is make either your child or your pet wary of each other. Um, You really kind of want to make them seem like this is is a fun friend to have in the house. While you want to make sure that your pet and your child are playing safe, and that's something that you have to teach both of them early on, um, you also don't want to be over their shoulders being like, please don't touch that or ripping your child away if your dog is getting too close because that's only going to instill a fear in your child. You kind of, you want to let them explore each other and you want to let them explore together. Um, This is something that I think is so important and really helps create that bond and that friendship between a child and a pet. Um, As long as your pet is not showing any signs of aggression or any sign of nervousness or feeling agitated in any way. Um, Just let those good times roll and allow them to have fun together. Wow. It sounds like it's all built on trust, which, again, instinctually, that makes so much sense to me. From the beginning of this discussion, it really has kind of mirrored what you do with older children. Obviously a little different because, again, one is a human and one is a fur baby, but very similar approaches and um, kind of thought processes that go into all of that. Danielle, if people are interested in um, in your services or maybe just your wisdom, where would they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, both at For the Love of Paws Boston. Um, my website is For the Love of if you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can email me at ForTheLoveOfPawsBoston at gmail.com. I also offer maternity packages for couples and mamas-to-be where I will chauffeur your pet to and from the photo shoot spot, as well as be with your pet for the entire time, making sure that your pet is calm and ready for these amazing photos that you're going to have, um, and it can just be really fun. 
So for the Tranquility Tribe podcast listeners, I'm offering an exclusive discount for that photo shoot package that I was just talking about. And you can just shoot me an email using Tranquility Tribe 10. Danielle, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. I know our listeners have learned so much from this episode and I'm super stoked to hear their feedback for this. As always, Village members, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribe? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook and our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.